morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul Angeline. And today we're talking about tech at the gaming table. Sure, why not? Everybody has a phone and a lot of people have laptop and maybe even tablets fall in this category, right? Yes. We we're thinking about what advantages or disadvantages or pluses or minuses having tech and on at your gaming table would have on the game. And, yes. And for the most part it seems like it'd be pretty cool, right? It, you know, there's different things you can utilize tech for from some people just use it as a character sheet and that'd be pretty cool uh others might use it as their dice roller in the case they don't like rolling dice i can't uh, imagine someone not like rolling well, dice you know there's people out there so what are the pluses and minuses of this new era of tech being able to be utilized at the table when he says new era he means from you know the last 10 years or maybe so. i mean if you were really ahead of the game I, i'm well you, you said you saw people with laptops at legends yes. over 10 years ago when you took augustine 10 no about six or seven years ago i think when he was about 10 or 11 anyway doesn't matter but yes i have seen people use laptops at the table uh, that was a rare occurrence i've never seen everybody at the table with a laptop which i thought was kind of strange but uh, the gm and uh, he had like six players right we've seen that at the conventions have you where everybody had, had a laptop mm -hmm. oh. i think they just had their character sheets up though because i remember walking by the table going that's interesting. <laughs> this is a little interesting. So what are some of the ideas that are, I, I think, I think, and I've been in games where, where GMs have started the game off with showing you a video, either off their laptop or on a TV screen. Right. Now that's pretty cool. Like some of these people, these people, some GMs are really creative and they have a, you know, they have maybe some talent or a lot of skill with a movie or movie making or even simple movie making software type thing. I know a couple of people who would, before their game at a convention, they would put their video on, on YouTube and say, watch my video to get the feeling for the game. That's pretty high tech. Yeah, you think so? And so the, the, the video, some of them range from, you know, just somebody talking about their game to an actual, like, it would look, kind of look like credits for, or, a, or a trailer for a movie. For example, I remember this one guy, I forget who, which, which one of my friends had it, Probably called through the game. It was a adventure based in a tower, and you know it, there's lightning striking on this tower in the background, and then it it has weird mood music, and it shows you the characters. Right, it has pictures of the characters as they move across the screen, and it has the names underneath, and it was really it seemed a really high production value. And I'm sure if people didn't see it before, you know, before they went to the convention he would show it like right before the the game would start and it was only like maybe at the most five minutes right and it was just evocative of the game that he wanted to run and i thought that was so cool and i remember years this years ago here in the bay area where again touting our luckiness or our spoiledness that we are a lot of the conventions have the rpgs in private rooms and these private rooms are basically hotel rooms that they just take out the beds and stuff like that so there's a tv there now almost you know well all rooms have a tv but they're nice large plasmas or lcds now and this guy plugged in his laptop and he was showing us a video of his beginning of his traveler game and then throughout the and then later on he used it to put up images and stuff but i thought it was really interesting like i said it was really cool i think you can really set the mood of the game by having players watch a five minute video and i think it's pretty pretty neat i've never done that myself because i'm not don't know much about 
making movies on with video software or whatever. I'm pretty sure it's not easy. It might be simple for somebody who has a lot of talent or experience. But that's one thing you can do is show a video. And I think that's great to evoke the, the feeling you want to get from your game. And it doesn't have to be a high production video. It could just be something that you that they took from someplace else. That's true. Yeah. You could cut you do cut scenes and stuff like that. Yeah. So you don't have to be a, a video making person. Person to put out a video that will give the feeling that you want to have at the gaming table. So what else can we do with the with the laptops or whatever? Well I think most importantly is that you don't have to carry a bunch of books with you because you can have all of the <laughs> all of your stuff on PDF if you're the GM. Right. I think that's probably a pretty cool thing. I personally don't like a lot of PDFs because a lot of PDFs aren't easy to was it to manipulate at the at the gaming table only because a lot of them don't aren't hypertext I think it's called or hyperlinked. I forget what the, you know one or the other. Where basically you could click on, let's say, the, the table of contents and it'll take you straight to that spot on the table of contents. Now, some PDFs are just scanned books, right? Scanned scanned images of the books. And so you have to, you know, literally scroll, scroll, scroll to get to where you need to go. And, you know, that can be not as useful, but but you're right. If you don't have to carry 20 pounds of books, like in Pathfinder days, oh my God. You know, if when I used to go to Legends, our local game store, and run Pathfinder for my for kids, for my son and his friends and their dads played. I was, used to carry like five books and path and a core book just to have, you know, just in case you know there was a weird rule that I didn't know about. And uh, most of the time, though, I would say, hey, if you have a real weird rule or you're using a certain book, you need to have it and you need to take it to the game table to the session. Not that I ever actually we ever looked at a lot of rules up. But every once in a while, it, it it was important. Having them on PDF would have definitely been a much lighter load for my back. <laughs> Along with the video at the very beginning of the adventure or of the game, you could use video or just sound effects, right? Sound effects and video. You can use pictures. Like I was at a Traveler game, and this was five or six years ago. I was in a Traveler game, and he had a little intro to the game. And then later on, he had he would show images of the monsters we were or the situations we were in, like he would try, he would try to describe it at first, and we're like, he maybe wasn't very good at description because he, that's why he made pictures. And then he would show us a picture about what things looked like. I go, oh yeah, so which was pretty neat. I thought it was really neat. I was really uh, impressed because sometimes, you know, some people are not very really good at describing things. So, well, you know, not only that, no matter how you describe something, people are going to see it differently. That's true. Or yeah, if you're trying to describe a situation, yes. that's even worse. So any visuals are always good. In fact, we, we attended a seminar once about how to be a better GM. And the guy said that he, that was one of the things that he talked about was to always have a picture of, of what you're trying to describe. Yeah. Because his idea was that you describe it, have everybody close their eyes so they can picture it, and then show them the picture that you're thinking of so that they can see what you're thinking that it looks like. Right, right. That was pretty neat. That, I thought that was a pretty cool tip. Uh, yes. And so you can use that technique with video. So you don't have to have, have all these printed out pictures, printed out pictures, which, you know, depending on your situation, could be very expensive. <laughs> use of a lot of ink, those, some of those pictures. So next I would think, uh, sound effects, you know, throughout the game, uh, people sometimes insert, uh, you know, 
you know, let's say it's a Western. You go into a saloon, you have the saloon music, you know, whatever saloon music sounds like. I cannot mimic it with my voice. <laughs> Please bad, stop trying. As bad as that was. Yeah, background music is one thing. Sound effects, like, it's a, you know, if there's a, a gunshot, you know, you guys are sitting in the, in the saloon and all of a sudden you hear you know, a ricochet bullet shot and you describe the scene there. You know, that could be pretty, pretty cool. And uh, I think it might be useful in getting the players immersed in the scene. Yes. In fact, uh, your brother, Felipe, he loves the idea of mood music during gaming. Right. In fact, he just sent me an article about it <laughs> or a YouTube video. I'm not sure which. But um, I remember he, his idea is that it helps. It really does help to set the scene. Right. And I agree for the most part. Yes. But I also find I, I also think that it could be distracting. And when I was reading some of the stuff that people talked about distractions from technology, one of the things was that if when 98% of the game is talking and everybody's talking at the same time, usually then well, not usually because then nobody can hear nothing. Well, exactly. So <laughs> if you add in mood music ah. or if it's too loud or what if someone is, is hard of hearing or something, then there's too many distractions. So that could be, it could be a distraction also. Yeah. That is probably the biggest problem with that mood music is that the volume, because what might be okay for some might be, too distracting for others and i remember even playing online playing on roll 20 you can have a jukebox and you can have different sound effects and and people have used music felipe and others have used music and at times it gets too loud another problem is that everybody has their own volume set so you could have it at a certain volume and think it's low but somebody's like man that's music's really loud not knowing that they can turn their music down so everybody has to be on the same page and so you basically have to tell people okay this is the I'm going to use this music in the background. I'm going to set it this level. And you guys adjust it accordingly so it doesn't distract from you. But, you know, but it's a, there's a workaround. But, it, at, but some people might be distracted by any kind of music, right? They're like, oh, man, that's annoying. Or they might annoy people. Eh, whatever. But, it's, but, but I think it's cool. I think it's cool. I think it would be cool for a horror game. Yes. Where to build the oh, suspense. Yeah. Like, like, of like, course, then every, it would be like saying, okay, everybody roll initiative. Yeah, right. you can hear lightning crack, crackle, crack, yeah. whatever. Yes. So what else is a plus for uh, electronics at the game table? I would think one was I would say talking about sending messages to people without having to tell them to tell the whole party or tell the whole group. You know, like you received a secret message and you could just type out the secret message and send it to them. I just did this on roll twenty. Uh, one of the one of the players got like a secret message from a. Kind of like a thieves can't right like back in the AD and I think they have it now even in the local in the local in the latest version of D and D where thieves or rogues now can talk to each other using hand signals and stuff like that. So I, what I did is I just texted, not texted, uh, yes, sort of message. I messaged one player what he saw, and it worked really cool. Worked really nice. That is interesting. I <laughs> although I think that might be. A little bit of a distraction to see the GM typing on his on his laptop or or right. on his phone sending a message. Uh, you did it when we were playing a, a virtual game, a, a a virtual tabletop game. Right. So, oh yeah, nobody actually sees you doing it. Correct. Yes, you're right because. But, uh, but at a at a gaming table, <laughs> yes, it might be a little distracting. And in fact, one one um, one of the people that I was reading said that 
Although it's an interesting idea to be able to instant message somebody at the table. (laughs) He would find it distracting and he found it that you have to actually stop what you're saying and do it right and send it. And then you have to tell the person you sent them the message. It might be easier just to hand them the slip of paper. Or, uh, yes. But if you had everything pre-programmed, right? Then and or something you like that, a button or something. <laughs> yeah. And some people can actually type and talk at the same time. But it, it, I, but I did that last night. Or even better, when the players are talking to each other, yeah. you, you type something out because you're not doing anything. We do that during your roll twenty games, with the, not roll twenty. Your, what is it? The games that we play virtually, either on Zoom or with the roll twenty, 20. on. Well, there's the commentary and oh, the yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. And Usually those com- com- the chat box is a bunch of silly comments that Mike makes. But, but yes, you can. And you can actually chat to, to specific people. So it's an interesting idea that you've taken the, the tech around the, the playing table. And they, it's on the virtual tabletop now. All right. of the things that all of the tech is there, right? Because you're obviously on a computer. You're talking to each other through Skype, Zoom, right. Roll20, whatever. Although we found that Roll20 trying to have talking to each other, having the video and everything on doesn't work for everybody. Right. Well, I think they're just overloaded with people. Especially now. Especially now. Even Zoom, you know, uh, Zoom and other platforms that are coming out. Sometimes it, it doesn't work quite as smoothly as it should. But, you know, but that's... A, that's so the tech around the table, around the actual gaming table... Actual round, array, has Has table. evolved... Obviously, I mean, there's been virtual tabletops for a long time, but right. now they're better and, and easier to and use, easier and, to and use they and work better. People yeah. have actual internet that's that has a speed that you can actually do that kind of stuff at. <laughs> yeah, well, this kind of came up because I remember years ago I went, we were, I was running Pathfinder for kids at a Legends game store, and there was a group of people playing, and they all had laptops. The players, those six players, and the GM, and I was like. Wow, that's. I mean, it was really. I mean, six years ago, you know, now it's kind of ubiquitous, I guess, uh, having tech all the time. But these were like, you know, laptops, and I'm like, and and I wasn't sure, you know. And as I walked past them, of course, the players had their character sheets on there. But I don't. Jolene goes, "Well, did they roll dice?" I go, "I don't remember them rolling dice." But I think everything was done online. But maybe not. Maybe they did roll physical dice because Jolene goes, "Why would you want to? Why would you want to sit around a table with laptops?" I mean, come on. I mean, no. And I'm not saying there's it's a bad thing because, like, Ian has his character on his laptop. Yes. And it comes in handy every once in a while since his mother always forgets to bring her character with her. <laughs> and unless we have a copy here. And he has his own copy. He has a copy on the computer that we can print out. So we printed out her character numerous times. Numerous times. It's hilarious because she always thinks she leaves it with me or she leaves it with her son or her or. She husband. never knows where her character sheet is. Yes. So. That's pretty funny. But, but uh, that's okay because that's just her personality. Yes. We love her. And we don't play uh, often. Well, now we don't play <laughs> at all. But we don't. We didn't play like all every other weekend. Sometimes we, sometimes we did. Sometimes, sometimes we did. We, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we go on a little hiatus. But, but yeah. So the next thing I was going to say is, uh, what was I going to say? You were talking about the people you saw with the laptops. One of the things that these, uh, that these people were talking about online was that um, you can use not only you can have self-updating character sheets or you can update them like because they're on. So you can adjust them. It's not oh, like yes. writing on the paper. Although, right. 
I love that changing the character sheet on the <laughs> table at the table. You're talking about yeah. So they're they're basically character creation sheets or the, no? I'm talking about the actual your character sheet. Well, right. I guess it would be they're part autofill. Of a, you call them. That's what it's called, yeah. right? So if you change a stat, it changes all the things associated to that stat. Which is interesting, and I I don't know. I I think that the GM would really want to see the character sheets then and have them at the beginning of each game or whatever. I don't know. It's just. I agree. But you can also do inventory. It's a, this guy says it's easier to keep track of the inventory for players because it's on a spreadsheet. But it's also <laughs> easy just to write down everything on a piece of paper. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, I think if you... But you could lose the paper. If you auto-update, right, and you have all this information, and you automatically send it to your GM or GM has access to it. Or every, a lot of people have Google Drives that they share right. with their players now so they can have their journals and, and stuff so that, Yeah, and so if you share your character sheet with your GM, he knows what you have at all times, even right after you change oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. If everybody's attached to a Google yeah. Drive or something, yeah. That's I hadn't thought about that. That's pretty neat. And then also he said that you can do initiative calculator, which I don't understand what he means by that. Initiative cal- it keeps track of who goes first and all that. So. I know, I know what <laughs> initiative does. Well, that, what it does is like let's say you're sh- it's a shared document or a shared screen or whatever, and you have the initiative tracker, so everybody knows whose turn is when. But you know, yeah, that's not a real tough thing in physical world. But but what I was I did forget to mention is uh session zero right if you all have laptops and let's say your D is not a very difficult game to to make a character for uh, yeah the characters there's a lot of choices you have okay i'm rolling my eyes but yes but there's other games there where it's more difficult right or every at- character is difficult because you have to either decide whether you're putting your heart and soul into this character <laughs> or you're just making a character because it's going to get killed okay so yeah there's that but what i'm saying is let's say you have a session zero and everybody's around the table and you don't want to spend too much time as the as far as the technical aspects of of making the character right, right? you know if you have a what is it what did you say it was a a character creator character creator but it's basically like a spreadsheet right that's yeah. all character creators are they're spreadsheets and so if a person can decide between what happens if i you know if i if i use my my extra point to put it on strength or dexterity and then they can flip flop back and forth to see where their to stats see, come see out. See where the stats and what how it impacts their character and their other stuff stuff that's part of that stat, whether it's a skills or or anything else. So that that'd be interesting. And so I think in that case, it would make for a faster uh, character creation session, session if everybody yes. created their characters at the zero session. Yes, that would be interesting. And then and and also you know as. As like you said, if you could share the sheet that put on a Google sheet and share it with the GM, your GM could like has instant access to that kind of to what decisions you're making, and therefore say, oh, you know what, you can't do that if he decides to change a rule or something. Instead of like five sessions into the game, going, no, no, I never, I don't, I can't allow you to have that skill or whatever. You're not allowed to have that. <laughs> what so do you I, mean I'm not allowed to have it? So it can, you know, but it could make it a little bit harder for for session zero. But I think the pluses outweigh the minuses. In this case, you have a lot of information that you can share with everybody, and you, you know, it will make session zero go a little bit easier as far as character creation at the table. If everybody's creating their character there, and if you have a real complicated system, let's say I don't know, Twilight Two Thousand, I don't know if there's a character creator uh, sheet for that. 
but uh, but something like that or space opera, right? I'm pretty sure there isn't a character created for that game. But if there was, you know, really complicated games would probably be helped by having a character creation software or whatever you want to call it at the gaming table where everybody could, you know, could use that to make the character faster. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully if you're going to a session zero and you know, you would know that you were going to have to do the character creation there because otherwise I would go, well, but I like to think about what I want my character to do and how I want my character to be before. Well, you can still think about it before you go. That's but, what I mean, uh, but you would have to tell them that that you were everybody was going to make Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Everybody would have to like be on board and have access to the character creator software or whatever it was, spreadsheet. Some of them are free, like, uh, what is it, for Shadowrun 5th Edition, there's Chummer 5 or something. And oh, that's... Shadowrun is one of the ones that you really need a, <laughs> a, a, something, a computer to help you do it because... Dude, there's a lot of things you have to choose. Well, I, I, I don't I don't disagree with you, but uh, if I know that Jason disagrees with me because he says that creating the character physically without a without a computer help or spreadsheet help is much better and it helps you to learn the rules of the game. That might be true. But let's say, you know, you get together to make a character with everybody else. Then other people are going to help you learn the rules of the game. Right. In fact, I watched a, I was fascinated by this episode of some people that it was the first time they ever played Shadowrun. And it was because I had watched it to try to figure out how to create a character. <laughs> and I ended up watching it for like three hours because they were just talking about all the things they were going to do to create their characters. And it was just. But they were doing it I by lost hand, right? Three hours. Yeah. Well, they were doing, no, they were, they had their phones, their tablets. For the they rules. Were, for the rules and, and but they didn't have a chummer five to, no, to make the character no, they right. were doing it, yeah so it was it was a very interesting and only one guy really knew the rules so he was the gm of course and he was he had shared the pdf with everybody but you know trying to get everybody to so yeah that was that was just really weird because i had didn't know what she was watching i don't know where i was but i came out and she had already been watching for a couple hours and i i probably watched it for like 10 20 minutes at the most and i'm like Okay, these guys are crazy because, like, you know, the, 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 it's not a not high production value, right? They just set up a camera and they were recording themselves making the character. And, you know, people would leave and come back. And then one guy left and never came back. He had to go to work. Oh, that what it was. I think having character creator software with everybody around the table and everybody making their own characters, that's pretty cool. I think it speeds up uh, character creation, especially for games like Shadowrun 5th Edition. I don't know if there's one for 6th Edition yet. But 5th edition definitely is useful. Character creator software, for example, what is it called? Oh, I, I can't, forgot it. But uh, it doesn't matter. Some of them can, you could buy, but some of them are fan created and are free. But it's a little glitchy. Well, there's can, always They both. can be. So I think that there's also downfalls to having tech at the table. Right. And one of my biggest things, and other than the fact that sometimes we have friends who look at their phone a lot. Um, right. We don't have any currently that do that at the gaming table. Uh, no. But we used to have somebody who played with us all the time that did that. So. Really? I don't remember. I must have blocked it out of my memory. But anyway, I think that your phone can be a distraction. And there's lots of people like uh, our friend Shannon always likes to take a picture and put it on Facebook of what he's doing, playing <laughs> yes. games. And that's not distracting because no. you know that he's doing that. It's not like searching through his phone or once he does that, he's going through Facebook looking at his stuff. Or right. Or like texting that. somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I remember a couple of times at a convention, somebody was on their phone. And they weren't, you know, they were, they were basically tuning out of the game. And the GM goes, well, you could either you could put the phone away or you can leave, leave the game. <laughs> and so the guy, so the person, it was a guy who was 
texting you know was surprised that the gm was so brazen and everybody goes yeah you know you're kind of distracting everybody else i think he put his phone away <laughs> so they can be uh, can be distracting especially if you for whatever reason right there's the phone you know everybody's you know, we everybody's talked about phones at the game table they're pretty much hated universally well and it, i guess it also depends on your age right because a lot of kids have their phone out all the time a lot of adults have their phone out yes. all the time it's it's the way they they keep they're with the world right it's yeah the way but, they yeah i just totally disagree with anybody having a phone out during it unless you're looking something up for the game there's absolutely no reason to have the which is both one of the good things we talked about being able to have all the rules and everything right. and have all the PDFs. But also, like, if, you know, someone doesn't doesn't think you're running your monster right or, or they want to look <laughs> up a rule on their, by themselves and they don't think the GM is doing it the way that they're supposed to, a lot of people can do that, right? Especially if everybody has a laptop out, you don't know what they're looking at. Right. Uh, on a laptop, it's probably even more... Uh, harder to tell what people harder are. Harder to tell. And it's even more distracting because they could be surfing the web. Yeah. And, you know, like... and then, But you can usually spot people who are, like, tuned out by the way they're they're not paying attention. Like, if if they're like, oh, what's going on? They always have that, that second that they, or they ask, you know, what's going on or who's... Well, is it, it's people my do turn? that just, just <laughs> when, in the normal game, so... Sometimes. Laptops can be distracting... And especially if there's a scene that you're not heavily involved in, it's so easy to go and click on. Well, the even if, it, if there's yeah, if there's a scene that you're not heavily involved in, your mind wanders anyway, right? But you can still pay attention to yes. what's going on. Where if you're surfing the web or, you really or on can't. Facebook, you're not even you're not even at the game. So that's a big detriment to the table and to the you know it's disrespectful to the GM and your fellow players, right? Because you're not paying attention. And then inevitably, somebody has to tell you what's going on because you. You're not paying attention. You're like, you're like, okay, it's your turn. What are you gonna do, Jim? Not Jim, my our Jim. But... <laughs> he just picked the name. Out. No, sorry, Carl. I don't know Carl. Carl, it's your turn. Oh, is it my turn? What is everybody, What's everybody doing? And then you have to explain. Yeah, you could totally tell who's not paying attention. But there's some people who you're right. They don't need a piece of technology in front of them to be distracted. Well, sometimes your your mind just wanders. wanders. <laughs> so, because sometimes I know I'm going. What are they doing? And and I find myself doing that. So we did talk about sound and how it can be distracting. So that could be a negative if it's or if you're not as as far as the GM, you're too distracted to get the right sound down or up or whatever you want to call it or queued up. So unless you're really good at that multitasking or oh, I unless, forgot to do these three sounds. Let me do them now for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not talking about that, but delays or there's a there's you should a, have it queued up if you're going right. to do sounds. Right. And, and you really have to. uh Remember when to change the music and stuff like that, or the setting, right? Because you could have like a battle scene music, and all of a sudden the the scene changes to a more serene. You know, you go from a Helm's Deep to uh, a babbling brook. The ba- yeah, the, the yeah, the Helm's Deep to the to the babbling brook. The scene where uh, Erwin and uh, Aragorn Aragorn are on the bridge, and, you know, tenderly talking to each other and kissing, and you hear battle scenes. You know, hear clash of shields and swords in the background although most of your players were pointed out to you (laughs) they're just laughing at your tech skills and my only question i think there's a downfalls of having a lot of tech depending on the on what you're doing i i think you might have to take your laptops away if you're going to do a battle scene right because you need to have a mat out unless you're just doing it theater of the mind which is part of the part of the whole reason (laughs) people like to role play with um, pen and paper is to have that mat out to have the simulated battle 
where yeah. you can where you argue if your character's five feet feet away from somebody else or yeah. You know. Well, I don't know about that, but you, you, even if it's theater of the mind, if even if it's you're not counting squares or five foot this or hexes or whatever, having miniatures on the on the table, you know, representing where people are, just in general, is fantastic for me. Because sometimes my descriptions, like I said, or in the past, I will describe something and somebody will say, oh, I thought you said this. Or I thought when you said that, I thought you meant this. So when you put a when you physically put a miniature down and you say, oh, there's the, the tree, the rock, the giant statue of the bird is right here. Then you're like, oh, OK, there's no there's no misunderstanding in that sense. Right. Right. Where I've described something, you're like, well, I thought you said he was like. I felt it was more like 20 feet away instead of right behind it. I'm like, okay, uh, all right. And so in the physical table, we're talking about physical table, if we don't yes. realize that, around the physical table, which, you know, currently can't do because of social distancing and stuff. But in the future, you know, this could, this is, this is take around the physical table. And you're right. I think uh, pushing aside the laptops and, and having a physical interaction with people at your table is pretty cool. One of the reasons I say that is because that's, one of the most exciting parts of the, especially like D and D or Pathfinder, right? You're especially with the the kids that I play with. Right. They like to, which are my son and his friends. They it's like to um, our friends. They whenever Saul says roll initiative, there's that that excitement that ripples through the whole group, <laughs> right? Because you know that something's gonna happen, and. As Augustine would say, we're done with the talkie-talkie. Now we're going to start the, the real battle. The shooty-shooty? <laughs> yes. So you're right, I think. And it gives, a, it gives people a, an adrenaline rush, kind of like, and maybe not a real adrenaline rush, but a lot of times it gives you that <gasps> excited excitement. Is definitely coming, gets right? people excited. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think that the virtual tabletops like Roll20 have added that in, because I know on Roll20 you can put a mat, a mat out. Oh, yeah. And you can put out everybody's marker or, or character, token. Or token, whatever they yes. call it. Yes your um virtual presence there so uh so that gives the the and then you do the battle right, right? in fact in in roll 20 and pro and fantasy grounds i'm sure the same thing you can you know you can have the the players move their own token so it gives them that sense that they're moving a, a, a miniature, miniature. Yeah. across a physical table and if you you know and de depending on how how good your online foo is for games you can have a nice uh, detailed uh, encounter map and you can, you know, download them or if you're artistic in any way, you can make your own. But there's a ton of great talented artists out there. You go to Roll20 or you go even to RPG, drive through RPG. You can buy these beautiful encounter maps, tokens and uh, just from anything you can think of. And some of these, you know, they, they, they can be cartoony, line art to fully painted and are realized the uh, tokens and scenes. And so when you put something like that out on the, on the virtual table, even, and you have people moving their tokens, you know, in relation to wh whatever the threat is, the monster, the, you know, the dragon, the, the wyvern, the, the battle bot, you know, it really gives them that feeling of, I mean, I know I get that feeling of moving my, my, my token and moving my miniature, that I, uh, moving my token is the same as moving my miniature on a, on a physical table. Which proves my point that even if you do have laptops all around the table, the idea of the actual simulation of having the actual moving your 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 figure yeah. and uh, your miniature and actually 
everybody is around the table. That's the whole thing about about role playing games, right? You've all been talking and doing the role playing stuff, and then you're in a battle, and you actually it makes you feel like you're actually there, right? You're, right. You know you're not there. I'm not saying that these people are people are nuts <laughs> or anything, but you, that goes without it saying. It gives you the illusion that you're you're all experiencing the same thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're immersed obviously in the, in they, they did it for virtual tabletops or so are so interestingly and you say a lot of people put a lot of time in to create those battles or the right. scenes and stuff so because that helps people to be immersed in the game so i think that the you should really consider that when you're doing any kind of tech thing that people do want to have the experience of miniatures and right. and and doing the battle simulations and even yeah. just the the going into the saloon thing you like to see the road through the town and the stuff on the sides and <laughs> whether or not it's just drawn out on a on a mat or you actually have you know little buildings right like my brother-in-law likes to do the building things and so yes. i was like okay we're gonna just draw it here with the black marker right and yes yes because he, he has quite a few models but he really likes western so if there's anything with a western motif he has little buildings and stuff like yeah. that i think having tech at the table it could be very very useful and productive, which is you know what technology is supposed to do. It's supposed to be useful and productive. Uh, the the cons are you know distraction, too being too distracted by your by the tech that has nothing to do with the game. Yes. Right? Uh, the sound effects and stuff like that I think are minor. The probably the biggest problem would be the distraction, the the distractiveness of the tech. Of your cell phone, usually. Your cell phone, if, if usually. If you're using your cell phone to look up stuff, that's fine. Yes. But if you're using your cell phone to do other things and you're looking at it the whole time, the GM might not be appreciated. Right. I think it's pretty neat. I think uh, as we get more and more technology, technologically advanced and laptops and tech becomes more... I think more, it's more tablets now. More ubiquitous. Yes. Well, tablets are pretty cool, but they're not as powerful as a, as a laptop. When they get really powerful, like, I guess there's a there's a tablet, the, the Surface, mm -hmm. right, which uses Windows, but basically it's a Windows PC. Yeah. Right? It, run, it runs Windows 10, I think, for maybe, but or a version of Windows 10. And I don't know how fast it is. The only problem with my... Currently, I have an old tablet, though. So when I oh, when I open PDFs and if they're not and I guess PDFs can be uh, made differently or utilized or whatever call it not utilized but not utilized rendered rendered or, or they're they're made in such a way that that they they pop up faster on your on your laptop or your or your tablet or even your phone. So on my old tablet, older tablet, it takes a while for it to load the whole thing onto the memory. And then when you're flipping pages, sometimes it takes a while for it to reload or load up the page to put it on the screen. You uh, might need a new tablet. Especially like, like for example, Shadowrun 5th Edition, right? That's a 500-page PDF. My plus. tablet has no problem with that one. Okay, so maybe it's just an old tablet. Yeah. So if you have very, very new tech, I guess it's, it's super cool. But my old tech just doesn't cut it. I guess I can make this a new platform. What a great chance. A new <laughs> tablet. She agrees. I think that's it. Okay, this is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And you have a good day.